1: Thank you, Solo D. Welcome to another episode of On the fin Side Here with Cat and Paul. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. I'm Brian Kett, NFL. Paul is fanatic underscore pick on Twitter. We have kind of a loaded show today. We are looking at the Dolphins' impending unrestricted free agents, restricted free agents, exclusive rights free agents, and a couple of possible key cuts. And we're going to examine the pros and cons of that. Paul, typically we combine, we don't combine these shows into one. Usually there's a lot to talk about, a lot of unrestricted free agents, potential franchise tag candidates, but not really the case this year. So we're we're combining this into one show because frankly, we can cover it all.
2: Wait, you're not going to franchise tag Clive Walford? I didn't. I I didn't realize that coming in. Shoot. No, Man, or I guess we're in a different spot.
1: Or Trevor Davis, or Jamarcus Webb, or Mike Hall. So, yeah, it's <laughs> it's going to be uh, it's it's going to be pretty uneventful before the before the start of free agency as far as resigning our own players, because uh, really you've got, uh, you know, I'm looking at the list here. You've got about eight of them, and on Dolphins Twitter. I, uh, I posed this question over a span of about about 12 hours. We had about 200 people respond. The question was, out of these three players who are the Dolphins' top three, believe it or not, unrestricted free agents, who do you most want to re-sign? Number one is John Jenkins at this price tag, two years, $6 million. Two, Evan Bame, two years, $5 million. Three, Walt Aikens, two years, $4 million. Or number four, let them all walk. Uh, so the results were, number one, uh, John Jenkins overwhelmingly came away as the victor, 50% of the votes, Evan Bame 17%, Walt Akins, 18.1%, and 14.9% said, let them all walk. So let, let's start right there. John Jenkins is somebody who came in really as a street-free agent and proved himself very much in this rotation with Davin Gottschall and Christian Wilkins. So, Paul, I'll throw it to you. Two years, $6 million. Would you re-sign John Jenkins for that price tag?
2: I would re-sign him to that price tag, but I'll be honest, it would have to be somewhat of a team-friendly deal as far as that goes. It's, I, I expect Miami to be loading up a little bit in the trenches in, in free agency in the draft. And, yeah, as you can tell from our free agency show, I talked a little bit about the DN position and – I know he played a lot out there in the three. I just, I, I like the guy. He has his flashy moments, but he also kind of sitting down towards the bottom end of the roster anyway with, with the the roster this year. So it's, I I would do it, but I would definitely have some uh, incentive to be able to get out of that deal. If Miami is able to structure up appropriately.
1: Yeah. I, I think that's a good way to put it. I mean, maybe, a two-year, six million dollar deal, but you pay him four million in the first year. When you've got a little bit more money, you can get out of it in the second year. I'd be right there with you on that. Yeah, I think John Jenkins. If you go into next year and he's a starter for you along the front line, then I think you missed a big hole. But if he's your main backup or your fourth or fifth down defensive lineman in a depth situation, I think that's a good idea. Second, Walt Aikens, two years, four million. Now this is a player that drafted. In 2014 has has been with the team for a number of years, and it, Brian Flores obviously um, it, likes special teams and priori- prioritizes that. So I, I'm kind of on the fence on this when it comes to Walt Aikens. Uh, one thing that uh, what, somebody from Twitter that that responds to us frequently, and that's Dolphinator13 pointed out. Mac Hollins might be able to supplant Walt Aikens as kind of that special teams gunner if Danny Crossman, the special teams coach, is up for it. So, uh, you know, I, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to lean a little bit more toward no with Walt Aikens. Where were you on that?
0: I'm gonna
2: lean towards yes because Mac Hollins still has an uphill climb to even make the the, the team as a as a wide receiver. I mean, I know Walt can't really play much in the secondary, although he did a little bit this year and actually didn't look out of place for the first time ever. Um, and, and to be honest with you, I, I see Walt getting on the field more than Mac Collins next year, given the fact we'll have Jakeem Grant back, given the fact we'll have Preston Williams back, given the fact that in the spread, Mike Kosicki's probably going to be lined out wide a lot. And the emergence of Isaiah Ford uh, and Alan Hearns, I, I don't know if, we have a spot for Mac Hollins at wide receiver either. So you can never have too many gunners. And, and and if you can bring back a captain for $4 million over two years, you do it.
1: Yeah, that's, that's a really good point. I, I may have to reconsider that. I'm really on the fence with, with Akins. Number three, I'll throw it to you. Evan Bame, two years, 5 million. This is a player that the Dolphins thought enough of to trade for before the season started
2: they did and he, he definitely showed in a few games this year that he can play decently but the games where he didn't play decently were pretty dreadful and we want to see Jesse Davis kick back inside michael deer can probably play some center in a pinch behind kilgore kilgore's likely to be on the roster next year unless you draft somebody i just don't have a place for him at this point in time and so now i don't resign Heaven,
1: I unfortunately have to agree with you on that. I mean, this is a player, as a Mizzou fan, I was excited to get. I mean, he he started 52 games at Mizzou, and he was drafted by Arizona. I don't think he got a fair shake there, went to Indianapolis, and played pretty well in place of Ryan Kelly there as a backup. But, you know, after his first few games, I feel like he fell off a cliff, and then in the final three games he was inactive. And one of two things comes to mind is either – Brian Flores liked him enough from the outset to trade for him and say, okay, I'm going to give other youngsters the chance to play center and guard because I know Evan Baim's going to stay. I don't think that's the case, though. And I don't think he has that type of clout. So I'm going to say that he does he does not get re-signed, and they keep Daniel Kilgore, who we will get to in a little bit on our cuts. Um, and four other players, Paul, I, and I think we kind of know the answer for this. I mean, I, I don't see them commanding a lot of money or – asking for a lot of money, somewhere around a million, million and a half tops. Linebacker, Mike Hull, offensive tackle, Jamarcus Webb, kick returner, Trevor Davis, and tight end, Clive Walford. I, I know off the top that three of the four, you're absolutely going to say no to, and I, I certainly am too.
2: Actually, so we'll, we'll, we'll shelf Mike Hull for a moment. Walford, hell no. Hell No. Uh-uh. Uh, I, I'd prefer Miami grab a tight end or two late in the draft and have them come out and compete to to have the role that Clyde Walford filled this year and maybe even catch a few balls when they're thrown their way. Who knew? Um, Webb, Webb's an interesting case. It, it's I'm not enamored with the guy as a starter, but he can be that spot starter uh, and, and he kind of comes on the cheap, be that swing tackle and because he comes on the cheap if he doesn't end up making your your final 53 you're in good shape and i don't think there's going to be competition for his services so you might be able to get web in on on a very very team-friendly deal and still have him possibly get cut when when they cut down from the 90 davis i'm sorry no
1: yeah i'm with you on that uh Walford, Webb, and Davis are all equally a no for me. I mean, I believe that uh, Julian Davenport played r- much, much better than Jamarcus Webb in the final three or four games of the season. That's not saying a lot about Davenport, but he's younger, he's longer, he can play left tackle and right tackle as well. I'm definitely keeping him as that swing guy there at the, at the tackle spot. But Mike Hall, you know, I he's somebody I root for. But like with Chase Allen, he, them two, they they always seem to get hurt from year to year. And I don't see them really fitting that much in this defense. So I'm not re-signing Mike Hall either.
2: Yeah, and, and Mike Hall, for me, I could see him being one of those guys Flores loves. But you have to consider the injury history with Mike Hall. His body just doesn't seem like it's able to hold up to the NFL beating, and that's with a very minimal exposure to it. Uh, He's definitely a great core special teamer, but I think this is the year he gets unseated.
1: Well said. As far as the restricted free agents, and to take a step back with the restricted free agents, and we're not going to go into too big of a spiel on it, but basically the difference between unrestricted and restricted free agents for our listeners is that, a restricted free agent is a player with three or fewer NFL seasons, meaning six games or more. The Dolphins can tender them for a specific amount. And after they tender them between March 18th and April 17th, another team can sign them to an offer sheet. And then the Dolphins have one week to match it. If they don't match it, then that player leaves with no compensation. So we've got a few players on that list. The main one here and probably the, the or without question the biggest name Bring him of back. all the free agents is Vince Beagle. He's a restricted free agent. The Dolphins are obviously going to extend that $645,000 tender to him. But, Paul, it might be smart to extend him as well before March 18th so that no other team can sign him to an offer sheet.
2: Agreed. I, I think we're going to see the Dolphins do that. Uh, I think it's going to be for more than what his, his tender is because he's he's earned it, and, and I believe his tender's somewhere around six, just under six hundred fifty thousand. Yes, and it, it's the man has a role on this defense moving forward. Even looking ahead to free agency, even looking ahead to the draft, he's shown that he can go out and play football, and that there's a role for him in, in a Patrick Graham, Brian Flores defense. You absolutely extend Vince Beagle it's he's a guy that came in with very little expectation a lot of folks basically considering him you know a throwaway player almost when he first got here and he absolutely outperformed that so you definitely extend Vince Beagle before the 18th and I think Vince Beagle wants that as well
1: yeah I'm thinking somewhere in that if, if I had to ballpark it five to seven million a year would make a lot of sense given he's 26 years old versatile, played a lot of snaps last year, and probably projects as a starter next year.
2: I'd be okay with that. I mean, I think you can probably massage it for a little bit less, but we're splitting hairs at that point.
1: Yeah, four years, 20, 24 million, right around that range. I think he'd be very happy to take that. What I'd hate to do is have a team like the Patriots come in and offer him way more so that it drives up the price tag on the Dolphins when they know how important he is and his versatility is to this defense. So with Beagle out of the way, the second biggest name is Matt Hawk. And 556000 you know, not a big price tag for a punter. He's not a great punter. We've talked about the inconsistency all year. One one game he'll be MVP of the game, and then come back a couple weeks later and, and shank shank one After a 20 or 25 yard punt, but 556,000 for a a punter that was 21st in net punting 21st in average. I'm, I'm still extending that tender to him too.
2: Yeah. Uh, And I think Hawk got away from the shank issues as the season wore on finally. I mean, he could, he could, he could come out and prove us wrong there, but yeah, there's no reason not to extend Hawk. I think I thought he played well down the stretch for Miami.
1: And Dion Lacey is a player that was on the Bills last year, has followed Danny Crossman around uh, from Buffalo to Miami. He's going to be in that same price range there, six hundred forty-five thousand. Special teams is important to Brian Flores. I mean, we saw so many players on that front seven go in and out of the um, of the lineup in the active forty-five or forty-six players on game day, but Deion Lacey always stayed there. He'll be 30 years old this year, but kind of is starting to look like a Walt Aikens type of player. I got to say I'm, I'm extending that tender to him as well.
2: This one's tough for me, but I, I think the Dolphins do it. I'm not sure if I would, but I do think the Dolphins do. I think Miami, with their 14 draft picks and with pre-agency, is going to be adding uh, plenty of talent at the linebacker position but you can easily mitigate that salary with the players you're probably cutting um, off the bottom bottom end of that 84-person list from, from this year.
1: Yeah, it, and also at linebacker Chase Allen, 558000 I was surprised to see that he was only 26 years old at this point. I mean, it it seems like he's been on the Dolphins' roster for years. But, you know, at linebacker... I, it would have been interesting to see how he played in this type of defense this year, and he actually got a chance, but he can't stay healthy. Uh, I Also on the depth chart, you've got Raekwon McMillan, Baker, Aguavion, Dion Lacey, maybe Calvin Munson. So I, I'm probably going to lead toward no on Chase Allen.
2: I'm right there with you on Allen. He, I love Chase Allen. I love the skills that he had. I, I always saw the potential in him as a player. But unfortunately, at this point in time, I only see the potential in him as a as a hospital patient. And that's not a good place to be as a part-time fill-in linebacker. For me, it's a no.
1: And finally, rounding out the list, running back Samajie P. Pirine, 645000 because he was a fourth-round pick of the Redskins. And that factors into it. Also, Ricardo Lewis was a fourth-round pick of the Browns a few years ago. Same tender, $645,000. i have got to say no on both players.
2: Definitely no on Lewis. P. Ryan, he showed a little bit of potential in the Patriots game. But, again, he was literally a body to fill a need based on injuries. I don't think he's back.
1: He did start uh, seven or eight games for the Redskins a couple of years ago, and I I liked him coming out of Oklahoma. So I probably wouldn't hate him coming back, but overall I'm going to say no. As far as the exclusive rights-free agents, and this differs uh, slightly, exclusive rights-free agents are made up of players with two or fewer years of NFL service. They are offered very straightforward, a take-it-or-leave-it one-year offer from the team, if they take it, they can play for that amount and try to make the team. If not, then they can try to hold out, and but that's probably not going to work out well for them. So I've got five players here in between that $500,000 and $650,000 range. And i got to say, I'll, I'll make it easy, I'm bringing all of them back for these, for these price tags here because they did get in late in the year, and several of them played a decent role. Uh, Isaiah Ford, Adrian Colbert, uh, long snapper Pepper, linebacker Trent Harris, and center Evan Brown. So five players there, all typically active on game day toward the end of the year. I, I've got to say I'm bringing them all back.
2: Man, we've got to have a lot more disagreements when we come to the cuts coming up because I'm right there with you on, on the five of these guys. You know I've been an Isaiah Ford fan all along. I really like what I saw at when he when he came over. Uh, Trent Harris. He looked good in that last game and long snapper was not an issue with Pepper up there. And, and Brown's a guy I want to see a little bit more from even though he could be another one that we're talking about here that's towards the bottom end of the roster and could be a cap uh a uh, camp casualty when they cut down from the 90 man. He's still worth a, a little bit longer look this offseason or preseason.
1: Yeah, I think so. And he probably replaces Evan Bame as that center guard potential type of player, and he's going to do it at really a fifth of the price that Evan Bame would cost. So yeah, we're you know hey we're trudging through this part of the offense or of the off season, so we can get to the good stuff later in the year. But really, the meaty part of the show is these cut candidates because there are four that really jumped out at us when we looked. Uh, at the cap situation heading into this off season, so number one is the obvious one: a star for years, safety Rashad Jones. Basically, the situation with him is, if you cut him, and they probably will, because Eric Rowe is go is slated to be that strong safety here for this for the foreseeable future. You're going to save a little over five million by cutting him this year. You're going to save another ten plus by cutting him the following year, and then you're going to have to pay a little bit. In- in twenty twenty two it was just a stupid contract that Mike Tannenbaum structured, uh, and then he's going to be a free agent at thirty five years old in twenty twenty three so your thoughts, Paul,
2: I love Mr. Jones. I absolutely loved him coming out of college. I was very excited. Miami got him, and unfortunately it's time to move on it's when he's one of your higher priced bodies on on the team and end up having the oh yeah he is here moment i mean you look at early this year and i know he was dealing with some injuries but that's become more and more of a problem through the years and it's time to part ways and, and get a fresh start maybe we'll see him pop up somewhere for a few games but his skills and his body have deteriorated very quickly in my opinion
1: Yeah, and I think he'd be cut regardless. He just does not fit into this new regime. It's a very disciplined type of defense as far as staying in your lanes. That is not Rashad Jones' game. And looking back at the last, gosh, 10 years now, I can only say good things overall about him. I've had some opinions about what happened last year in the Jets game, but, hey, this is somebody that was a fifth-round pick, turned into a fantastic playmaker. It's incredible the Dolphins came away in two, over a 15-year span with Jeremiah Bell as a six-round pick and Rashad Jones as a fifth-round pick, and they played at the level that they did for that return on investment. So, yeah, I'm also cutting him. Wide receiver Albert Wilson, this is somebody that is probably going to require a little bit more discussion. How it settles out is – Albert Wilson's going to be a free agent after the 2020 season. If he plays this year under the current salary, Dolphins are going to pay him $10.8 million. If they cut him, they save $9.5 million but still pay him 1.3. So a lot of money to throw around this offseason, Paul, and Albert Wilson in the last three games of the year started to look like that player that the Dolphins signed and really generated enthusiasm into the first six games of the 2018 season. So, Overall, what do you think happens with Albert Wilson here?
2: I think they keep him. I think he's a luxury at this point, but he's one that we can afford. And if he can be that player that he looked like at the end of the season when it looked like he finally got healthy, his cap number is, is, is nothing compared to the production that we would see out of him. And it allows you to kick the can down the road a little bit on filling out the wide receiver position unless something crazy happens where a CD lamb falls to you in the draft where, you know, you you basically walk into camp with, with one of the mid mid to late round wide receivers who blows you away. And really you don't have to make the decision right now. You can make it after the draft if need be. I would keep him at this point. I, I think he could be a good positive influence either for a young quarterback whereas that outlet coming out of that spread offense, which I think it's the spread offense is where he could really excel.
1: You know, if I've said this all along, even in the last three weeks, if I had to lean one way, I would cut Albert Wilson, save the $9.5 and, and eat the $1.3. I know we've got a lot of money to throw around, but I don't think that necessitates spending $11 million on on a player that was, frankly, you know, four weeks before the end of the year, averaging five and a half yards a carry. I agree that he did come back a lot, but I would probably overall cut him. But this is what I really think the Dolphins should do with Albert Wilson is he's twenty seven years old and I think it would be a pretty good idea here to extend his contract and cut down that number a little bit. So maybe you extend his deal three years, eighteen million And structure his contract a little more creatively so that it's a little bit more than the nine and a half or the 10.8 million this year. Maybe it's around seven instead. And it's a little bit more digestible in the next three years. Yeah, I I know they've got money to throw around. I just can't see the value in paying him almost $11 million and more money on average per year than Devontae Parker.
2: See, here's where you and I are going to differ very slightly with the same approach unless you're able to land a huge number of the targets that we both outlined in our previous episode, where we looked at free agency uh, and who we would sign with our top tens. I would, I would do what you're saying here and, and, and extend Albert Wilson, but say it was the three years, 18 million. I would front load the hell out of that contract and keep his cap number very close to where it is now. So yeah, you're eating a little bit this year when you have an extensive amount of cap space, but then he suddenly becomes a three to four million dollar a year wide receiver in in year two and then year three. So you you can do it that way, get to the point where you're extending Devontae Parker and you can say see you later to, to Wilson. Cutting him doesn't hurt as much in those years either because you front loaded it here and really that might be the way to go.
1: Yeah. If, if they keep Albert Wilson under any circumstances, the only way that I want to add a wide receiver onto this team in the draft is if say a CD lamb or player of his caliber unexpectedly falls to the dolphins in the second round, because i there are too many for me, there are too many holes to fill on this team, and I don't see a way that you're going to be able to fit all these wide receivers on onto this roster and have them all happy i mean wide receiver is a position that is inherently selfish if it if if you could have seven wide receivers on the team and they would all be happy, they would all say Hey, I'm just glad the team's winning that would be fine. I don't think that's the case with wide receiver, and I'm not saying you're saying that, but I, we've seen players step up like Isaiah Ford this year. I, I'm not sure if I'm paying somebody like that $11 million, and I, I'm kind of on the middle on even extending him. I might just want to cut him in general. But I, I tend to be in the minority on that, so, so we'll see what happens.
2: So, Kat, one thing I want to throw out there, too, for that is you can always trade him. I mean, you're not going to get a, a big haul for him, but you may be able to throw conditional – six-round pick that turns into a fourth or fifth, depending on how he performs and if he stays healthy. And there are teams that are always looking for for somebody of his caliber and skill set and style. And, hell, Adam Gates may even want him, um, he, although he doesn't make the personnel decisions if you listen to him talk about Le'Veon Bell. But, again, well, I, I at, think somebody would want him. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you
1: on that. And what you mentioned there, we talked in previous episodes about how they – eight, seven million with Ryan Tannehill when they traded him for a fourth rounder. They ate over a million with Robert Quinn when they traded him for a sixth rounder. And they've done that a couple of times. Maybe that's the case here where, Hey, you say to a team, we'll trade you Albert Wilson. We're going to eat some of that cap room. And you give us um, a third or fourth round pick for a player that now is healthy uh, could be a considerable talent for you. So a lot of different options with Wilson He's somebody that the locker room loves and a lot of Dolphins fans love, too. And it's different because over two years, he was great for the first six games, got hurt, struggled to come back, and then was great for the final three. So it, we'll see how that how that shakes out there. But going going to the final two cut candidates, Paul, Senator Daniel Kilgore, we talked about Evan Bain before and, you know, where – Possibly there could be a struggle there for who actually ends up getting that money, but Daniel Kilgore has, at least by most reports, emerged as one of the team leaders, at least vocally of the team. He's going to be owed 3.54 million. He's in the last year of his contract. He's 32 years old, and the Dolphins can rid themselves of the entire 3.554 million dollar contract by cutting him. Um, but. My feeling is that if you cut him, you're going to go out there in free agency and you're going to try to replace Dan Kilgore with another Dan Kilgore.
2: I don't love Dan Kilgore, but if you're able to get better guard play around him, he might pan out a lot better than 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 what he has. And you know, you can spend a draft pick on, on a, a center in say round three that maybe can step into the role, maybe can't, and maybe unseat Kilgore as the season goes on. And I'd be okay with that too. It's there's not really a reason to cut Dan Kilgore, even though he's not an exciting player. Um I I wouldn't make that cut.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't either. I mean I think if the Dolphins sign a left guard, sign a a right tackle in free agency as well, and this is how they have to plan for it, because Kilgore, you know, that that's going to be before free agency hits. If you sign a left guard in free agency, a center-right tackle, which I think they'll do, and then at left tackle, you've got most of the value, at least at this point in the draft, looking there, then I think you've got to have your center and your guard. And that center, I think, is going to be Kilgore, and that right guard I think is going to be Jesse Davis, unless Davis, in a scenario, stays at, at that right tackle spot. So I'm with you on that. Finally, Taco Charlton, $1.84 million. And because they signed him as a former first-round pick, this is what his due salary is. But the Dolphins could rid themselves of that entire contract, uh, $1.84 million, save that, put it off the books by cutting him. And he wasn't active for the last few games of the year, partially due to injury, partially due to his inability to play special teams.
2: Or football. Let's
1: face <laughs> it. I, he I... he led the team in back, though. <laughs>
2: so. Good for him. It's a, You know, every squirrel finds a nut once in a while, uh, unless they're Charles Harris. But no, they, there's too many options to improve, whether it's through free agency, the draft, or some combination thereof. Taco got his audition, and, and while he led the team in sacks, he also got absolutely demolished on every play where he didn't get a sack. So no, that's a no for me.
1: And it's interesting to note, too, that even though he led the team in sacks, if you're a player in this defense that does not stay in their lane, you're out. And I think that that's going to mean Taco Charlton's out. It's going to mean Rashad Jones is out. And they're probably not going to target players in free agency like Shaq Barrett, even though he had an amazing season. Is somebody who tends to run around the offensive tackles and take themselves out of lanes. That's something to keep an eye on here. So – Paul, does anybody else jump out at you as somebody who may get the axe based on what you took a look at uh, as far as the salary cap is concerned?
2: I don't think it's just in terms of the salary cap. I think it's when you look at the message the team sent with him down the stretch. I think Charles Harris is as good as gone on top of that. I think Chan Gailey is going to walk in the building, look at Kalen Balaj, and go, no, no. He's going to look at the fact that he had that lowest total average rushing yardage in history last year and go, mm, n- no, nope, nope. Can't work with that. Get him out of here. So it, it's those two really stick out like a sore thumb. For me.
1: Yeah. Caleb Blagia, you can cut or you can save what 500,000 or something by cutting him at me if it was 100,000. I'd say the same thing. But overall, I, I think you've got to put the guy out of his misery. I mean, it's so hard to come back from that. and This is just not the type of speed back that Jan Gailey is going to want in his offense either. Uh, as far as Charles Harris, I think that he may come back, but I don't think he'd make the roster, to be honest with you, because if he, no. he can't play special teams. But the, then again, the or Dolphins are going to have to pay him almost $2 million anyway. There too. If I'm another team that plays strictly a four three, I would throw a seven round seventh round pick at the Dolphins and hope they bite on it. And I think that they would. So we'll see what happens there. I've got his autographed football right in front of me uh, because he's from the University of Mizzou. So we've got we've got the curse of signed footballs as well as jerseys on my end. So basically, I would cut
2: him for that football if that, <laughs> if that's all I got for cutting him. I would do that. I'd cut him for a can of soup. I and, should or just, or exact links.
1: I should just stop buying stuff. That's that's what it comes down to. Um so Paul, obviously uh, you know, we're gonna get into the rest of the off season. This is something kind of clear in house on this roster. Usually we have a whole show for unrestricted free agents. Uh not the case here, but I, I hope some people found some value out of the show as we head into the off season, into the draft, into the impending free agents. That will do it for our breakdown of the Dolphins off-season here up to this point and what we anticipate with the unrestricted free agents and the possible cuts. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. I'm Brian Ket NFL. Paul is fanatic underscore pick, and if it's not on the right side and it's not on the left side, it is on the Fin side. So, Ladie take us home.
0: Yeah. Uh, uh. It ain't the left side, or the right side, and it must be the fence side. side. It ain't the left side, or the right, right side. side, and it must be the fence side. Listen, the fans across the land all tuning in to see what Brian Cat and Paul about to do again.
3: You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator, book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable.